Welcome back to Inside the Oval presented by Dignity Health. This episode, I am joined by Paul Lockhart Chorus, the 49ers Senior Manager of Business Strategy and Analytics. Paul, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. To start off, what are your responsibilities as a 49ers Business Strategy and Analytics Senior Manager? Great question. So I work on the business strategy team. We have a lot of responsibilities around the organization. Um, I think we, we work with most every department from marketing to stadium operations to corporate partnerships uh, and a lot of other folks to just kind of increase the business successes of the organization. Um, and we look at it in a few different ways. So one of them is trying to grow the brand of the 49ers beyond just people who can come visit the game on a game day on a Sunday. So what do we do to touch the millions or, or tens of millions of people who are 49ers fans all over the world, but can't be in Levi stadium on game day. Um, we also work with certain partners in the organization. The two main ones are Levy who manages our concessions, our food and beverage in the stadium, and then fanatics who manages our retail merchandise business. So any jerseys, t-shirts, hats that you see with the 49ers logo on that, uh, my team and I, we manage that business. We also work with data to uh, help the, the company monetize more efficiently. So what can we do to grow ticket sales and corporate partnership sales? How do we help the, um, the sales teams maximize the efficiency of their time and, and reach out to the right prospects, whether that's individual fans or uh, corporate uh, corporations that they're targeting to try and bring in revenue for the organization. We try and guide their activities to help them be more efficient and productive. Uh, and then lastly, we're concerned with the fan experience in the game for the folks who do come and visit. So how do we make someone's experience from the time that they arrive in their car or a ride share or public transportation to the time they leave the game? Um, how do we make sure that everything from concessions to bathrooms to guest services and cleanliness and in-game entertainment and all those things are the best that they can be. So at a high level, that's what my team works on. And I'm a part of a group that helps uh, carry out all those things. You mentioned getting fan feedback. How do you guys do that? How do you kind of learn and adjust your strategy based off of what the faithful are thinking? Yeah, so I don't manage our survey program uh, individually myself, but some folks on our team do that. We send out surveys after each game um, to, to assess everything that folks go through. It's a very, very detailed, uh, very long survey. So for anybody listening out there who's filled that out, we definitely appreciate your feedback, <laughs> but you know, we, we digest that and build all sorts of interesting, you know, graphs and statistics and charts about it and tell a story about what's most important to people, uh, where we can stand to improve. So we have, um, we have those surveys, we have a, a postseason survey, and then also we had uh, the happier not terminals throughout the building. So if you've ever seen those little, uh, from the green smiley face to the red frowny face where you can tap a button and give instant feedback, you know, we, we can react to that uh, in the moment on a game day where if we're at a certain bathroom that gets, you know, tons of frowny red faces, we can go there and find out, well, maybe a, a sink is overflowing or the toilet, uh, the, um, the paper towels have run out, you know, something like that. Or if at a, at a certain concession stand, we see that people are reporting negative feedback, maybe a certain item is out there, a, a flavor of Gatorade has run out and we can quickly get some more Gatorade out there. So those are a couple examples, I guess, of how we respond to 
rapid feedback right away, um, but then also broader feedback that can we, we can put in over the case over the course of a, a full season. I have to say, your team has conditioned me to always respond to those happy or not surveys. Because <laughs> I was in an airport the other day and I saw it and I walked back to go respond because I was like, BSA would want me to. Yeah, more feedback <laughs> is great. All the more data, you know, whatever we can get to get more data. For you, what does your day to day look like? Oh, gosh. Uh... You know, it's a cop-out answer to say every day is different, but I guess every day is different. Um, in addition to the work that I do uh, and, and the rest of the folks on my team do for 49ers business strategy, we also all kind of have a second job with Elevate Sports Ventures. So uh, the 49ers founded a consulting firm about, uh, I guess, about three, four years ago at this point, um, where the, the sort of analytical work that we do within the organization to help the 49ers grow um, we can contract that out to other teams, uh, organizations, leagues, concert venues, uh, racetracks, all those sort of things who also want to grow their business and grow either ticket sales or corporate partnerships or just strengthen their brand or make their events more compelling, things like that. So we do a lot of work on those projects. So you know, from the 49ers side, in a given week, I might work on the retail merchandise partnership with Fanatics or the Cal High Sports show that we have. We acquired uh, a high school highlight show called Cal High Sports a few years back that we manage now. Uh, they shoot out of our uh, our studios. I'm sure you, Haley, are familiar with them from working with Robert and his team. Um, so I, I help manage that business and try and grow revenue there. And then on the Elevate side, you know, I have we have projects that might be of a few weeks or a few months or a full year. And so people kind of move in and out of those projects. So right now, I'm working on um, a project for St. Louis City SC. It's the new MLS team that's coming to St. Louis, and we're helping them manage their premium sales, all of their suites and clubs. Uh, and as they get closer to starting play in the 2023 season, we'll be helping them with uh, general admission tickets as well. So uh, all sorts of different 49ers businesses, all sorts of different Elevate clients, and depending on whatever is you know, most urgent on a given day or a given week, that's where... I'll be applying myself. And I think broadly across the group, you think about, we do data analysis, we do project management to just sort of help drive new initiatives forward. Uh, and then any kind of maybe company research to understand the background about a, a company or a set of fans or customers or, or anything like that, where we can apply our research skills along with the, the data analysis and our experience in the sports world. I'm really curious. You like there are a lot of things that have changed in the last couple years since you got here to now. How has your if it has your job evolved or changed? Yeah, I think I think a lot, you know, we were hugely involved in the member inclusive menu this year, which was a real uh, innovation and a new thing that we brought to uh, the, the faithful and that we think is going to become more of a trend in the sports world. So the member inclusive menu or MIM, as we call it, is was our initiative to give free food and beverage in the stadium to all of our season ticket members. So if you bought a 49er season ticket this year and you come to the game, you had your uh, core core food items, so hot dogs, nachos, chicken tenders and fries, candy, peanuts, all those sort of things uh, included with the price of your ticket, as well as non-alcoholic beverages, any sodas or waters or coffees and things like that. And so to get that 
project up and running uh, took a whole lot of effort from all kinds of folks on my team to to bring that benefit to our fans this year. And you know, we we had some growing pains when we first started. We learned and got better over time. Uh, and you know, going back to the the comments earlier about surveys on the on our post game surveys, you know, we saw our scores continually rise over the year to the point where people were pretty pleased with the service. So that was hugely different. Um, and then just everything, you know, COVID related, I, I work on the, the retail business, you know, and we had our team store was closed for, oh gosh, like 16, 15 months, I guess, from early 2020 to uh, from March, 2020 to July of 2021. So trying to manage that business um, and, you know, shifting more of our fans demand to e-commerce and making sure that we had enough selection and inventory on shop49ers.com on our online channels because people couldn't come into the store. And then once, when, once we did open up the store, um, you know, that's one of the indoor spaces in the stadium where folks are required to wear masks. So when you're out on the concourse, there's not a requirement, but in the store there is. So uh, just managing all the sort of COVID regulations and staffing, um, a lot of things that had impact on the business from the COVID perspective. Um, so I think those are a couple of main changes. Also, you know, Cal High, we we launched a second show, so we had uh, we have a show in Sacramento now this year um, called Sac High Sports. So we got that off the ground, and then we have just now started some flag football leagues. So you know, Forty Nineers Prep had their program in place for for a few years now with a free community based flag football offering, and we're coming to the market now with a. Uh, related but separate offering to have a, a paid flag football league. Um, and so we're trying to grow that business and get that launched as well. So I guess there's always a lot of new stuff coming up and Elevate continues to grow as well. So that was a company that didn't exist three or four years ago and we continue to grow and bring in new clients. So I guess never a dull moment, always some sort of growth opportunity we are pursuing. And that's the, that's the nature of our job. You mentioned retail and those 16 months. I think as you said that, something that popped into my head was that during that 16 months that this team store was closed, included the launch of the 75th anniversary jerseys and different retail items. How did that go? Yeah, so that was actually the catalyst for reopening the store uh, was the launch of the 94 Red Throwbacks this year. Um we we did a grand we did like a soft opening i guess in mid june and then the the jerseys actually were released on july 1st and we opened the store on july 1st and so that was a, an exciting time to get folks back into the building and then yeah there was there was a ton of effort around the 75th you know we had to work to design the jerseys with our design team our, our very talented colleagues over on the design team including brandon tan who came up with the 75th logo working with Nike and Fanatics to get those jerseys produced and then, you know, hitting snags because most of those jerseys are made in East or Southeast Asia. And this was over the summer when, um, you know, the Delta variant was really surging in Asia and factories were closed down. And so all the stuff that you hear on the news, you hear people talk about supply chain challenges throughout the year based on COVID, like that was very real. We faced that. Um, so we had to navigate around that. Also, there was a leak of the jerseys back in the spring. I don't know if you remember when that happened, but the yes. Bengals, I think it was the Bengals and the Browns and the 49ers jerseys got leaked. So we had to manage that, that leak with the NFL and with fanatics and all that stuff. So, um, there was a lot of interest around the Jersey. It was really cool to see how excited people were 
we had the, the white throwbacks previously, and now we brought in the red ones. So people were super excited about it. And, you know, it really helped us as the team that sort of turned things around mid-season and started winning more games. You always see more demand for retail products when the team is more successful. So we had to scramble and try and find new inventory again with the, the production challenges that we had. What can we do to get more jerseys into the building and online as fast as we can to satisfy this demand? Because fans really love these new designs and want to support the team. You have a, a wide breadth of knowledge. What was your what was your path to the 49ers? Like what prepared you to cover all of these different roles? Great question. Uh, I guess ever since I was a little kid, you know, I've always been sort of a numbers nerd and really interested in statistics and, and math and all that sort of stuff. And then always was a huge, huge sports fan. So always knew or, or hoped that my career would have some kind of combination of sports and numbers. And, um, you know, it's hard, hard to find jobs in that area. So uh, my, my first, uh, I guess, first serious job was in consulting and management consulting. I studied economics in college. And a lot of folks go into consulting there where you kind of get the analytical skills of how to build an income statement and how to look for uh, signs of good profitability of a company and how to make a company more profitable and, and operate more effectively. Um, but I was doing that sort of work for, you know, automotive companies and pharmaceutical and technology and, and businesses I didn't really know that well or, or have a passion for or interest in. So I knew I always wanted to get back to the sports world. And I got fortunate enough to get an opportunity at Rice University down in Houston, Texas um, to basically start up a business strategy function there. They had brought on a new athletic director, Joe Carlgaard, who hired um, a, a revenue team and a business team there. And I was brought on at Rice to sort of create a business strategy there. They had never really focused on um, growing revenues and treating the athletic department like a business. And so I was brought in to help do that. And I was on top of ticket sales there, ticket pricing, ticket sales, figuring out the right prices for the tickets and, and how to go out and prospect and find new buyers and grow the fan base there. I also, that's where I first got into the licensed merchandise piece. So I would go around Houston and see a lot of University of Texas and Texas A&M stuff for sale, but never any rice gear. And so I worked with the licensees, the, the companies who create the clothes and the vendors, the, the retailers who sell it to try and grow the business and, and explain to them and uh, convince them of why they needed to produce and sell more rice owls gear. And then I also managed the customer survey program there. So I, I don't now at the Niners, but at rice, I did manage all of our post-game surveys at football and men's basketball and baseball games to figure out what was important to the fans there. So all of those gave me, you know, combined the economics and consulting and financial experience I had with more directly applicable to the sports world. And I had that experience there. And so then was able to use that experience to get into the Niners, where a lot of my team is ex-consultants or folks who have finance, consulting, private equity experience, but also just love for sports. And so it's, um, I guess that's, that's how I wound up, if that answers the question. Yeah, I think something that's interesting about your team and yourself is that you guys do have experience outside of the sports industry. I feel like when you look at a lot of other departments, it's all these people, myself included, who like this has been the only job we've had has been from sports teams to sports team. 
have you seen or did you learn anything in consulting that carried over once you kind of made that switch to sports? Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of folks on our team have that background. And in fact, we met with um, another pro team over in Chicago uh, to, you know, compare our, our best practices and, and new things we're trying out and all that sort of stuff. And they outright admitted that they like to get folks who have had a few years of business experience rather than taking somebody straight out of school because there's you know, huge companies who are really good at onboarding large numbers of young, bright kids who are interested in business and numbers and finance and all that sort of stuff. So if I can let a you know investment bank or a big four consulting firm or somebody like that invest the two, three, four years in somebody straight out of school and let them build up a background of skills on how to analyze a company and how to think about the business world, then they're, I guess the, 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 the sports teams don't have to do that initial investment. And then because every sports team or every league there, those jobs are in such high demand. Everybody says they want to work in sports. I'm sure it's the same in your field. Um, so it's very competitive. And so they can pick from a large, large pool of like folks who have this training and folks who are interested in sports. And I guess they, they let these other companies do some of the early seasoning and the early training of folks. So then they can now come in and all the skills that I talked about, about building new businesses and analyzing revenue and profits and uh, customer feedback, customer research, like all those things apply to the consulting work that I and a lot of my team have done before. But it's just for me personally, I find it just like cooler and more enjoyable when it's related to something that I love, like screaming your head off at a 49ers playoff game. You know, it's, it's really cool to be able to tie those two interests together. You mentioned speaking to another team in the Chicago area. How often do you collaborate or talk best practices with other teams or leagues or even companies that are outside of sports? Yeah, I think very often, you know, there's there's conferences and stuff that are formally set up for people to get together. And that's another thing that's changed in the post-COVID world is a lot of that stuff is on Zoom now rather than in, you know, big conference halls. So you see that, but then there's there's just other informal stuff, you know, a lot of a lot of these industries are interconnected and you know the same folks, you've worked with the same folks in different sports or in different leagues or teams. Um, so you see a lot of that. You know, the, the notion of competitors versus like uh, people that you can collaborate with is kind of interesting because on a from a football perspective, you know, you would think about the Rams and the Seahawks, right, our divisional rivals uh, and, and teams that we play against. The Cowboys are like our our enemy on the field. Right. But in the in the business world, they're really not They're They're more like peers or, or colleagues because no one is making a decision like am I going to buy tickets to a Dallas Cowboys game or to a 49ers game? So we're not competitors in that way, the way that like businesses would be competing against each other. And so people are happy to share information because it just kind of makes us all better. So, you know, there's, we have 49ers fit. It's a gym um, that we open in partnership with Mark Mastroff, the founder of 24 hour fitness. And, you know, Jerry Jones was the first one who started it with Cowboys fit, but then other teams are like, Hey, that's a good idea. We should do it as well. So we have 49ers fit now, the Bears have a gym and the Vikings and the Texans and the Falcons. And I think all sort of 
building off this idea that we've seen somebody else do and be successful. And it's like, hey, we want to incorporate that as well. Um, but and then on the other side of it, the teams in your market are the actual competitors. So the the Oakland A's, the San Francisco Giants, the Warriors, these teams, that is our competitor in terms of business, because when you're competing for an entertainment dollar that a, a family or an individual in the Bay Area might decide to go out and spend $100 going somewhere to have fun tonight, that is more of a choice. But we support, we all support each other. So when we go to the playoffs, you know, we, the Giants are going to wish us good luck and then we're going to support the Warriors when Steph Curry breaks a new record. So it's a little bit funny how the lines get blurred between who's my friend and who's my competitor. Uh, but there's definitely lots of information sharing, lots of collaboration and lots of just like folks that you know around the industry uh, across different sports and teams. When we're in season, or I guess let's phrase it this way. How does your job, like your core job functions, change when we are in season versus out of season? Because I think there's a misconception that when football's happening, we're all really busy. And when it's not, we're just all kind of here in the office, like looking at each other. But for you, (laughs) what is that difference like? Yeah, I think you're right. It is a misconception. People are like, oh, the season's over, so now you're way less busy. But that's not necessarily the case because a lot of times, as soon as the season ends, you have to prepare for the next season, right? Um, For for physical stuff, for physical space. So like the store, for example, you know, the store gets beat up throughout the year. Millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people pass through there and, you know, stuff falls off the wall and light bulbs burn out and technology needs to be upgraded and replaced. So there's always a renewal that's being done to the physical spaces. So I, I help manage that stuff. Um, and then for you know the retail business more broadly, we have to purchase. So all the jerseys that were sold last year, we had to order those, you know, six, eight, 12 months prior. So we're working with Fanatics right now. What players do we want to bring in? What styles of jersey? And not just jerseys, but hats and shirts and uh, all the new different lines that we create with new licensees to bring interesting new clothes to our, our fan base. We're planning that stuff out now and placing those orders now and trying to make sure that we get stuff arriving on time. And how do we head off any supply chain or production difficulties we might face this summer? So all that stuff definitely still goes on during the year. And then I mentioned elevate earlier, like those clients aren't related to football season at all. So I mentioned an MLS team that we work with and we work with major league baseball teams and college basketball and people who play sports all year round. And then even like music venues, concert venues who aren't tied to a sports calendar at all. So we, we, we like to be, we like to think our services are in demand 365 days out of the year. And I think uh, our, our workload reflects that. When you came to the 49ers, like you stepped foot at Levi stadium day one, do you remember what your first project was? My first project, I guess I was brought on for the retail business. I was taken over for a team member who was moving off of the Fanatics retail relationship and then Cal High. And the the Cal High project was how do we grow this show? What are other markets? We've been in the Bay Area for 20 years. The show has existed. And then the 49ers acquired it in 2017. So we'd had it for, uh, I guess, a year and a half at that point. And we know that there's... um, huge demand for high school sports all around the nation in certain states, places like Texas and Florida and Ohio. There's a lot of places that are like high school football, high school sports hotbeds. Um, so, Hey, is there another market that would work well to 
bring this concept and bring this show and expand out there. So I did a lot of research around that. And eventually we wound up going towards Sacramento because it's the closest. It's, you know, a lot of businesses, a lot of sponsors that work on the Cal High show also have business in Sacramento, be interested in sponsoring both shows. Um, And then most importantly, perhaps it's within the 49ers local market area. So the NFL has rules, legal rules about where you can and cannot promote your team and you can't um, you can't conflict with another team. We can't go to downtown Chicago and put up a big billboard that says, hey, buy 49ers tickets because the Bears would be very upset about that. So we're not legally allowed to do so. But in Sacramento, that is San Francisco's market. And so we can legally put a 49ers logo on that show and promote the team. Um, and also, if you just look at the fan base, like what who do, who do people there like? The 49ers are the most popular team because it's relatively close to the Bay. So planning all that, uh, picking the area to go to, helping manage, hiring new staff and bringing on new equipment and trying to find new sponsors and all that sort of stuff was something I was working on from the very start. And so it was, it was very cool for me to see that come full circle in this past August when after, I guess, two and a half year, two and a half or three years of working at it, we were able to launch a second show. So that, uh, that was one of the first things I worked on. That's like a really long project thinking about it. And like MIM was very long and retail is ongoing. In the BSA space or like in your job, do you have short projects or is it all kind of just these ongoing um, evolving tasks? That's a great question. I think most of it is, yeah, as you've pointed out, uh, longer term things. So we have like, you know, a couple of people who manage the survey process throughout the year. And that's every every day, every week, you know, trying to build the survey, analyze the data, all that stuff. It's a long, long time period. And then launching new businesses from scratch, working with uh, physical therapy or flag football or a TV show and trying to start or create something that didn't exist before. Yeah, there's a lot of just kind of pushing the ball forward, as I mentioned earlier. It's a, I guess if you make a sports analogy out of it, there was those, we had a couple of drives this year that were like 18 plays or something like that, 18, 20 plays where the team was just <laughs> methodically marching down the field. So yeah, we definitely have some projects like that. I guess on the Elevate side, some of those are shorter than others. So there might be a product that's just a quick six week sprint and do a quick analysis of this company and they just want an answer to a specific question in six weeks or others are like, hey, let's transform this whole organization and the way that we think about things at a very high level as a business. And that takes a year or 18 months. And we have ongoing agreements with some venues or leagues or teams that are like that. So yeah, I guess there's a little bit of a variance, but I think you're right. I hadn't thought about it that way before. I think most of our projects are pretty long range and stuff that we try to manage over the course of months and years rather than days and weeks. We talked about first project. I feel like we're kind of on a project uh, highway here. So what's your favorite project? Ooh, favorite project. I think I have to say retail. Um, it's it's really fun for me to, because to me, that's like out of the stuff I do, I can see the most direct connection to the fans. Um, when you're in the store and again, going back pre, pre-corona times when we had people just jam-packed, the store was like a club in the 2019 season. Um, everybody was so excited to, to get their hands on gear. And so to see how excited people are, to see people, you know, you see posts on social media, you see fans wearing this cool new jersey or, or writing about it on Twitter and like, oh man, I love the new 94 throwbacks. Uh, and it's cool to know that I played a part in 
giving folks access to those jerseys and, and working with, you know, we, we partnered with E40 to build a, a Niner Gang line after he came up with the Niner Gang song. And so stuff like that is just really cool to, to be a part of the design process, to be a part of the financial process. Like how much do we buy of this product? What sort of return are we looking for? How do we make the process smooth to get it in front of our fans? And then seeing the end result where people are excited about the gear. And I was, I was out, I was in an airport yesterday and wearing a Mitchell and Ness hoodie from the 75th collection, a new piece we released last year. And this woman just like, total stranger she comes she was like oh that's a really cool sweatshirt and she was like excited about it and it was cool for me it wasn't just like a compliment on a shirt i happened to be wearing i was like well i, I helped i helped this this shirt exist so it was cool to see a fan who was excited about it as well and i, I get a lot of a lot of fun out of that what is your favorite jersey we have the 94s reds whites we have like our home reds if you could have had to like pick one that you wanted to like hang on your wall which one is your favorite? Ooh, that's a great question. I had never really thought about that. Um, you know, I think both the 94 throwbacks are pretty great. Like the white ones, those, I think those are special to people because in the 2019 season, the Super Bowl run, like we wore those in, in week 18 at, or week 17 at Seattle and that super dramatic game there. And they're just super clean. I think there's something about like a white jersey. If it stays white, like if the quarterback is the jersey is still bright white at the end of the game, you know, is offensive line had a great game. So I think I might go with the white 94 throwbacks with the black drop shadow. People love those. And those have been around for a few years now. So they're not as novel, I guess, as the red ones, but our fans have been, have responded really positively to both the red throwbacks and the white throwbacks. Um, And it's been fun to, to be a part of that development for sure. I think what's cool too, is that you mentioned it earlier with the Mitchell and Ness sweatshirt, but like the pride of ownership and I think a lot of people in our organization get that through like just kind of the way that the back, um, like the front office is run. But do you have like beyond, like, do you have any other moments where you've had like a pride of ownership moment on a project you've worked on? Yeah. Yeah. I would say I, I've already mentioned a couple of these, but um, you know, launching the the sack high show for, for the Cal high launching the second show in Sacramento. I definitely, you know, it's none of these things, by the way, are like something that Paul achieved on his own. Like these are all very much a team effort. So from Robert Bronstein and then, you know, the executive support in my group, Sean Kundu moon, all these guys um, helped get that show up and running. So it's very cool to see us all work towards that goal and get it up and running. Um, and then the same with the flag football leagues. We haven't actually started play yet. Those leagues are going to launch in the spring, March, April, May timeframe. But, you know, we have a registration page up now. We are sending out marketing collateral to invite kids in I think Palo Alto and Dublin are the two that we're launching first. And there's going to be one in San Jose as well. Um, and so to have worked for six, eight months with Jared Moila and his community engagement prep team uh, and Jenny Luke and community impact and all the folks on my team to have put in this work and, you know, you vet uh, partners. We, we talk to all sorts of different companies. Who do we want to partner with on this? You meet people at the NFL and you talk about hurdles and why this might not work and what can we do to uh, anticipate any difficulties and, and get this site up and running and all the sort of stuff that goes into launching a new business like this to be in Zooms for six, eight months, planning out, designing the logos again with our design team and the marketing team, all that sort of stuff has been 
untold zooms and and emails and spreadsheet models and now like there's a link and people can click on it and go to this league and and have their kids play in a 49ers like football league so that's definitely cool as well and i guess maybe when i go out and watch a game in april and see kids running around in 49ers jerseys having fun playing flag football i'll get even more of that sense but those are a couple examples i'd say uh i thought we would finish we always finish the podcast with like a lightning round we don't have another name for it because it's not quick answers. It's just the end of the podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. What's your favorite thing about your job? Oh, hands down is the team, uh, the the folks around me, the the group. You know, we have I think about ten folks on the BSA 49ers side, and then if you include like BSA within Elevate, it becomes a large group, and there's maybe fifteen or twenty of us. But um, the the quality of these people from like a their job perspective, like everybody in my group is like just so smart and so accomplished and and leaders and driving new and interesting ideas and brilliantly smart at at all the things that we do. So that's really cool to be around that group. But then also just like as people and as people who you want to spend a lot of time with and work late nights with and go out and have fun with sometimes uh, and just spend all that much time with and get involved with. Uh, it's just a really, really great group of people, just good people, good workers and good people. Um, and that makes it a pleasure to work with them every day. And then I already alluded to this a little bit, but the, the fan satisfaction, the fan enjoyment to go to a game and see 70,000 people screaming their heads off when we intercept a big pass or throw a big touchdown or Nick Bosa gets a sack, like that level of passion and excitement. I don't think you see in very, very many things in the world besides sports, the roar of a crowd after a big play, I think is pretty unique. And so to be that close to it uh, and have a part in making a fan's experience better at the game uh, and making them enjoy their team that much more is super fun, super satisfying for me. What's your favorite thing about working for the 49ers organization? I mean, similar to the last answer I gave, I just think it's a it's a quality organization. Like the from the York family and our president Al Guido on down, I think I've just been treated super well here. I think they're very generous to their employees and in the community and participating in in all sorts of food drives and building bikes for refugees and a lot of different stuff. Um, and again, I keep coming back to this, but stuff is different after COVID. Once we were in person in the office, you know the 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 perks associated with being in that building and, and working in the NFL stadium every day. Um, I think not all sports organizations are created equal. I think there's some that have, you know, better reputations for how they treat their, their players and their staff and their fan base. And I, obviously I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit here, but I do believe that the 49ers uh, are a special company, a special organization from leadership all the way at the top. And so I'm proud to, be a part of the group. And it's, it's really uh, an honor and a pleasure to be a part of this team. What is the last skill you learned? Oh, the last skill I learned was uh, line busting on game day at MIM. Uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, you know, sometimes the lines are pretty long at MIM this year as people are trying to get their unlimited chicken tenders and diet Pepsis. Uh, and so it was, you know, all hands on deck from, from the head of my group, our chief strategy officer, 
all the way down to our analysts and like game day interns who we had brought in, just everybody doing everything they can to speed up that line and get out as many, uh, as many hot dogs as we possibly can. So I was like the in and out when, when you go to the in and out drive through and it's super backed up and they have somebody who will come out with like a tablet to take your orders at the car. We basically became that. So I'm going through the line with a handheld device to take people's order and okay, you want, uh, nachos and a peanuts and a diet Pepsi and a peanut M&Ms. And so I'll put those orders in and we, we get it going in the back so that it's ready by the time you get up to the front. Uh, so I, I, we used to joke at rice about other duties as assigned is, is a part of like when you have your job responsibilities, the last one is other duties as assigned. So that was definitely an other duties as assigned. I didn't come into this job thinking <laughs> that I'd be taking hot dog orders, uh, out at a game, but you know, it's, it's pitching in to help the team succeed. So we want to make it a lot of fun. Yeah. I think people, we were talking about misconceptions about working in the NFL earlier. And I think the other one is that people think working in sports is really glamorous and it <laughs> is not. <laughs> no, especially not to start. I mean, maybe when, maybe when you've been in the industry, you know, 20, 30 years, you could uh, just go enjoy the game from the suite. But yeah, as you, for any like on a serious point for anybody trying to break into the sports industry in any sort of field if it's business strategy if it's marketing if it's operations if it's ticket sales like you might not start off in your dream job it might not be the city or the league or the role that you exactly had in mind but because of what i said earlier about how how in demand these jobs are like sometimes you got to take an opportunity like that uh people work in minor league baseball and all sorts of stuff in a role that you might have thought you were too good for or too highly qualified for or just like i don't want to go to that random town in that random state but you got to start somewhere and it's a it's a great way to learn some new skills build up a network and you know i didn't i didn't know anybody in texas but i took a job there and found my way to the bay area so uh yeah you might you might take an unconventional route and maybe a less glamorous glamorous route but if it's something you truly are passionate about and enjoy it's going to be worth it in the end Okay. Final question. What was your favorite on-field moment of 2021? Ooh, I, you know, it's a little bit unfair, I guess. I was, I went to 15 games this year. I traveled all over. Um, and so I went to four games in a row from week 18 against the Rams to the wild card against the Cowboys to the division round against the Packers to the NFC championship against the Rams. And the Packers game was a night I will never forget for the rest of my life. I mean, it was snowing. I'd never been to Lambeau. I grew up in Wisconsin. I've had like a lifelong dream of going to Lambeau Field. I'd never been. Went there. It was snowing and miserable and like a tight game with some hugely heroic plays by Debo Samuel and Jordan Willis and Talanoa Hufanga and just like the atmosphere. And then to get the upset win uh, and watch frozen sad wisconsonians trudge out of the stadium in silence uh it was just an absolutely amazing amazing opportunity uh, and something i'll never forget and a bunch of my team was there as well so i got to what i said earlier about like enjoying spending time with the folks on my team i'm, I'm high-fiving and screaming with the guys who i'm building excel spreadsheets with on another day you know here we are out in the freezing the frozen tundra in green bay having a great time cheering on the guys. So that's, that's an easy one. The, the win at Lambeau for sure. 
I feel like there has to be a video series in there somewhere, like BSA in the wild. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Paul, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come speak with me about your job. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It was a great time.